beautiful morning. It's so nice not to have rain, snow, and all that good stuff. We're praying for sunshine. We see it in the west. It's coming. It's coming. Let's just pray. Let's open up in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you. We thank you and we praise you for the way you're working in the hearts and the lives of all of us, all of us present here, all of us online who are watching. We thank you for your involvement in, in our lives because you're, you're a God who is here. You're always here. You never leave us nor forsake us. So we just thank you and we praise you for that. And we just pray for uh, revelation this morning into your word and what you're saying to us and that you would plant those seeds deep in, in fertile soil in our hearts and that it would grow and flourish and become part of who we are, part of our very DNA. So we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's, uh, I got to put on my old man cheaters here. It's, it's an interesting thing getting to this 50-something when your arms aren't long enough and the font's not big enough. And you don't have to amen that because I know it's like, oh, geez, you too, you too will see this. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. <laughs> Working through um, Hebrews, Sam has been preaching through Hebrews, and I, I thought I would carry on with, with Hebrews, and we're in chapter 7 this morning, and you know, it just, it really struck me in this season where we're leading up to Christmas, this being the last Sunday, and I'm thinking, man, you know, we celebrate the birth of, of our Savior and what he brought to us, and it's, man, what, it's, it's amazing to me, every time I read this book, I'm thinking, I've never read this before. Anybody have that? You read and you go, I never read that before. And it's, it's amazing. And it's just, just a testimony that this word is living and active. And every time I read this, it just, it blows my mind of what I pick up. And in chapter 7 of Hebrews, uh, Paul the writer is talking about Melchizedek, the priest. And he's, Hebrews is, he's written to Jewish believers in Christ. And he's, and he's tying Jesus back right back to Melchizedek who he says was a type of Jesus where he was without genealogy he was without birth without death and his name actually means king of righteousness and he was the king of Salem which also means king of peace and he is indeed just like just like Jesus in in so much so that Abraham actually paid a tithe to him which to the Jews would be huge because here it is, Abraham was the pinnacle of faith, but yet even Abraham paid a tithe to Melchizedek, meaning that he showed somebody even greater honor. And as, as we read through chapter 7, it says in here that if perfection, and I'm, I'm reading it at chapter Chapter 7, verse 11, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law was given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still the need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? And later on, he talks about the Lord in, in Psalm 110 saying, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And because of all that Jesus did, because of what he did for us and what he did through the Father, what he did by dying on the cross, shedding his blood for us, 
going to the center of the earth for three days, paying for every sin that humanity could ever commit. You think of every atrocity, every war, every genocide, everything, everything he paid for. And he was found just. He was found righteous and was raised to life forever. And it says here that because of that righteousness, because of the fact that he was raised, because he had an indestructible life, that the Lord swore on oath that I'm going to raise another in the order of Melchizedek, and that was Jesus. And in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says, Therefore, so because of all these things, he is able, Jesus is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede for us on their, on their behalf. So he's in heaven right now interceding for you, for me, for all of you online, everybody. He is there. He is praying for you. He is interceding with the Father for you because of who you are in him. Colossians 1.13 says this, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we were, all of us, every single one of us was in the dominion of darkness. And whose realm is that? That's Satan's realm. But we've been delivered through our salvation. We've been put into the kingdom of God. So out of that, out of that, because of that, we've been taken out of the old. We've been placed into the, by the Father into Jesus. We've been delivered from darkness. We've been, now we're explorers of the kingdom. And here's the thing, the, the beautiful thing of this, yeah, we open the door and Jesus comes in, but when we open that door, that door now leads out into the kingdom. And what does kingdom mean? King's domain. Everywhere we go, we explore his kingdom. Wherever we set our foot, we take ground for the kingdom because we are now part of the kingdom. You know, and it's just like... I used to live in Ottawa going to school there, and you drive around Ottawa, and there's all kinds of orange license plates. And those are diplomatic plates. So they can get pulled over for speeding, they can double park, they can do all these things, and they never get a fine because they have diplomatic immunity. We're the same in the kingdom. We have diplomatic immunity. The enemy cannot charge us for anything. He can't say, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not beautiful enough. No, because guess what? We have diplomatic immunity. We're in the kingdom now. We don't have to listen to him. It's like, oh, sorry. 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 Um, why do we say sorry? Because we're Canadians. But, you know, I love that line, you know, Canada's going to rule the world. Then everybody's going to be sorry. <laughs> you know? It's, it's part of who we are. But, you know, the thing is, we may love being Canadian. But guess what? Before we're Canadian, we belong to the kingdom of God. We never take being a Canadian over above the kingdom of God. And it's a beautiful thing because as we invite him in, now our walk with him is all relational. It is not situ situational. Being in the kingdom is not being part of BCAA. You know, we call him up, we're in the ditch, tow us out. My car broke down, take me to the garage. It's not situational. He is with us all the time. It's a relationship. We walk it out. When we invite him in, he's with us 24-7 on our good days, on our bad days, when we're sleeping, when we're getting up in the middle of the night and grabbing a snack when nobody can hear us. All these times, he is with us. He is with us always. 
And when God the Father looks at us, who does he see? He sees Jesus in us. He never sees what's wrong with us. He sees Jesus in us. And it's just a beautiful thing because what's important is as we walk this out, as we walk out this life that he's called us into, we have to love the learning of walking it out. The situations that come into our lives are our opportunities to walk as he did, as Jesus in us walks. We have to love the learning and walk and partner with Jesus in this because he's in us. It doesn't matter what situation you're into, whether you're being cut off on the highway or somebody buggies into you at Save On or what's going on. Jesus is with us. And it's our opportunity to walk with him, to talk with him, to be him. Because he's the one who loves us the most. And he also knows us the best. And he gives us exactly what we're looking for every time. Every blessing that we receive, we actually deserve. Did you know that? Every blessing we receive, we deserve. Because Jesus in us deserves it. Because he's already paid for it. Kind of changes things, doesn't it? A little bit when you think about it. You know... It's such the blessings we receive, the favor we receive is Jesus in us because he deserves it. And that's part of walking out, becoming into full relationship with him is because Holy Spirit, God the Father, and Jesus are all in us and walking with us. And it's, it's just an amazing thing as, as we walk through this. And in Romans, it was that, that scripture where it's 725, what was it again? He lives forever to intercede for us. And we may think, okay, well, what is he saying? The interesting thing is we know exactly what he's saying because it's written out for us in John chapter 17. Starting in verse 6 all the way to 26, but I'm just going to read 20 to 26. We are the beloved. And this is Jesus praying to the Father this is the Jesus that the Father said, this is my Son whom I am well pleased. And this is what he's praying for us and for, for all, all believers. I am praying, this is Jesus, he's speaking to the Father. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. He's talking about us, all y'all. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. This is the kind of unity that he's talking about. This is the unity we sung about this morning. Is Father in me, Son in me, I in them. You in them. I have been given, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples you know, know you sent me. I have revealed them to you and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. That's Jesus interceding for us. This is what he's saying right now. This is what he's praying to the Father right now. 
as they're hanging out, this is what he's saying for each one of us. Us and them, them and us. And this is about relationship. This is our identity. We have some identity facts of relationship that come out of this. Did you know Jesus is called the beloved? And if he's in us, we are also the beloved. And what does beloved mean? It actually means be loved. It's right there in front of us. And I, I saw that this week and it's like, I never saw that before. Be loved. It's something that we receive. We don't have to do anything. To be the beloved, we just have to be loved. We just have to receive it. We can stiff arm them and say, no, I'm not interested. But all we have to do is receive it. These are identity facts of relationship. We just have to receive it. You're loved by the Father. Did you know that? By Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. Did you know that Jesus and the Father are one? And they're in us? Christ lives in you. The Father is in you. Holy Spirit is in you. The new man and Jesus abide together. So the new creation, as you were resurrected, when you come to him in salvation, you are resurrected. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. Everything behind you is gone. You cannot be held accountable for it because the Father doesn't even see it anymore. Jesus paid for it. And Jesus is interceding for us with the Father. And so is actually Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Romans 8, 26 says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Have you ever had one of those days where all you can do is groan because there's not words to express what's going on in your life? I've had those days. And obviously, Holy Spirit has those days too because he groans for us. It's like, oh, James, come on. You're better than that. He calls up the gold in us. And that's what he sees. He sees Jesus in us because that's the gold. All we have to do is open our heart. All we have to do is open our heart to receive him. All we have to do is open our heart to be loved, to be the beloved. Receive the love of the Father because he's always good. He never leaves. It's never conditional. It's not human love where, oh, you blew it. I'm not loving you today. No, he always loves us. Always. And he's never disappointed. Did you know he's never disappointed in you? Doesn't matter what you do. He's never disappointed in you because he sees Jesus in you. Whether you acknowledge him or not, he doesn't hold you to account for anything because Jesus already paid for it. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. It's not conditional. He's just called us to be loved. So one of the keys that we need to, we need to grapple and get hold of is we need to know that our place in Jesus is a fact. And it's one of the hardest things that, like for me, I found is the hardest thing to get hold of is to really unlearn some of my habits. Because when we come to him, our sin nature was killed. We were resurrected new. But I do have some habits. I do have some habits. It's not my nature anymore. It's just a habit. And how do you know it's no longer your nature? How many of you made a mistake and go, oh, geez, I blew it? That's actually evidence of Holy Spirit in you. Because you recognize when you're blowing it. That's evidence of Jesus in you. Just because you recognize it. Now it's, what do you do with that? Do we step into pride and go, oh, well, they deserved it? Or do we go, no, I apologize. That's our opportunity to walk as he's called us to walk. We've got to know our placement. 
And if you're not clear on your, on your placement, I'm going to hammer you with a bunch of scriptures. Like, coming at you, this is the end of hunting season, so still got, got that zone, right? We're looking for things. Romans 6, verses 4 and 5. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. We have died. We have been buried. We've been raised with him. Romans Chapter 7, verse 6. But now, by dying to what once bound us, which was the enemy, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code, which was the law. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is, a new, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave me for himself. Ephesians chapter 4, 21-24, you are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is the old man, the old nature, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's key. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And even the attitude of your minds. Romans chapter 6 says, consider yourself dead. You're dead to that. That nature is dead and it's gone. It's been buried. You are not allowed to dig that sucker up. It's gone. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says this, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. These scriptures all point back to Genesis 126. Right back to the beginning. And what does it say? It says, let us, this is God talking, let us make man in our image and likeness. All these scriptures point back to what God said right at the very beginning. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm making. And this is who you are. You've been made in his image and his likeness. That likeness means character. It means all these things, all these character traits that God has. These are yours. This is the image you've been make, made in. This is what happened when you were resurrected. The original design that he had for you has now been raised. Not the old person, not the old James, the new James. So now we have to learn how to abide in him. That is part of it. Learning to abide in him means to be the beloved, to be loved. And although he is unchanging, we are learning to love and grow in him. This is part of our education. This is part of our walk, learning to become like him, to walk it out as he has shown us how to walk it out. We have full access to his gifts and to his grace, which is so important. And what is, what is his grace? His empowering presence to be the people that he sees when he looks at us. And what does he see? He sees Jesus in us. He doesn't see our faults because they're gone as far as he's concerned. He sees Jesus in us. He has incredible passion to see us be, be transformed by his love. 
when we think about the people in our lives, when we just love them and meet them where they are, they flourish. And it's, that's what he's doing for us. Because because we have Jesus in us, Holy Spirit in us, the Father in us, it's kind of hard to comprehend, but believe it or not, we're bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. Like, you know, I'm here, 5'9", 100 and some odd pounds, but in, inside, you know, I'm, I'm 6'8", 350, and I'm jacked, you know, because I've got Holy Spirit. I've got God the Father, and I've got Jesus in me, and this is who we are. We're way bigger on the inside because this is not about behavior enhancement. We've done enough of this self-help stuff and behavior stuff. This is actually about identity transformation. Who are we really? We are made in his image. This is our identity. We walk from our identity in Christ of who we are, who he made us to be, who he resurrected us to be. I'm not, not doing the New Year's resolution thing anymore where I want to lose 20 pounds for the 15th time. I mean, come on. That's behavior. Who am I in Jesus? And who's he called me to be? Because you are not the evidence of death to self. You're not the evidence of death to self, that the old man is dead. Jesus is. He is the evidence. It's not on you. It's on him. And he did it already. Did he die as you? Yes. Did you die on the cross with him? You did. Were you buried with him? Yes. When he rose, who rose with him? You did. And it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing when you think about it. Now the things that I want to change, I don't have to change because that's not who I am anymore. Now I just have to walk out being him. It's, it's funny. One of the interesting things I've come across is I have to remind myself of this so many times a week. And I've, I've, I've written this prayer out that I read out loud to myself in the mornings in my devotional time at least three or four times a week. I'm going to read this out to you. Because this helps me walk out who I've been called to be. So this is what I read. I said, Father, thank you so much that my old man is dead and that you have replaced him with Jesus in me. It is amazing to know that, the na- that his nature is now becoming mine because he lives in me to empower me to become like him. I am perfectly joined to him so that every day, in every circumstance, I am being transformed into his character to represent him in all I do, think, and speak. I am thankful that your plan is perfect and you are faithful to your son in me. I am living surrounded by all three of you, filled by the beloved, inspired by Holy Spirit, and I choose to live this day in your awesome company. This is where I'm supposed to be coming from every day. I read this to remind myself. Because there are some days, is it hard? (laughs) Oh, man, it's hard. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, man, it's, that's hard. And and we think, okay, well, yeah, but what about negativity? James, what about some of the stuff that comes out of, out of left field that we don't see coming? Here's the thing, and this is what I'm starting to learn. And this, and this is in scripture because of who we are in him. At the beginning of every conflict, every problem, every confrontation, every spiritual warfare that we're engaging in, God the Father through Jesus has already given us the grace, the mercy, and the favor that we need to overcome the situation. He has already overcome it. We are actually 
stepping into situations from a place of victory. We're already there. We're stepping into it. Like this morning as I'm praying out front and I'm greeting people, there are things going on in this for people here. There's migraines, there's sickness, there's eating disorders, there's things like that that are going on. It's already been defeated. We don't ask for him to do this for us. We just say, this is mine. As parents, we can declare that over our children. This is mine because you already paid for it. In Jesus' name, I command this to go. And we speak it. We speak it out. Even our little kids can do that for us. There is no junior Holy Spirit. Everybody gets the big guy. Everybody gets the big guy, and we have the power and authority. No, not on my watch. This will not happen, and we have to step into that. And we also have to step into it together as a congregation. Find people that you can pray with, people you can trust, people that can keep confidentiality with you, and we all have that ability to do that because who are we? We are Jesus. We have him in us. This is what we've been called to. No, not on my watch. Negativity, is it around us? Absolutely. This is the hardest time of year, if you've noticed. Anybody notice this is the hardest time of year? Yeah, because the world lives in chaos. And you know what? The, the world doesn't want us to celebrate the birth of Jesus because that is their ticket to it, where they're going for good. Every time we celebrate and sing these songs, the enemy doesn't like it. And this is the hardest time of year for people who live in the world. They live in chaos, and it gets ramped up. It's a season of greatest expectation because we are so expectant, but it's a season of greatest disappointment. And we have to be aware of that for the people around us. It gives us something to pray for. So negativity, yeah, we're surrounded by it, but we're victorious in it and who we are. And he gives us everything. And that expectation and that trust that he's put into us, that causes our faith to grow. It causes things to come up inside of us. It causes us to pray with the authority and power that he has given us. He's, he's done it. You know how he's done it? He's done it through us. We're not, we don't have to wait for him. He's called us into the fight because we are his hands and his feet. So the wisest action that we could ever have as we work with him in all of this is be in his presence. Be in his peace. Never forget that Christ is in you. And you are in him. Together we have that oneness that we sung about this morning that is unbeatable. One person walking with Jesus is a majority, and I don't care how big the crowd is. <laughs> One person with Jesus is a majority. Absolutely. But we have to know where our peace and our rest is. We step into every situation with him. Because it's, it's interesting. In the Old Testament, as we read it, it was, a, it was a visitation culture. God came down. God was in, in certain individuals, the high priest. He was with the prophets. He came down and visited and then went back to heaven. But we are now in a habitational culture. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is with us all the time. He is here. We don't have to ask him to be here. He is here. Actually, what we need to do is tune into where is he in this? Where is he in the room? Where is he working this morning? Who is he healing this morning? Whose mind is he changing this morning? That's what we need to be aware of. Where is he working in my heart? Because he's here. I just have to be aware of it. 
Because Proverbs 18.10 says it this way. When it comes to about negativity, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. He is our secret place. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. We can step into him. And now that's where we have peace. That's where we have joy. That's where we have patience. All these manifestations of his spirit come out when we step back into that secret place. Because, you know, the thing is, is God doesn't promise a potential new you. When we die and go to heaven, it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. But we don't have to wait. He's already given us everything up front. He reveals the truth as we read in scripture this morning. He's already read. He's already given us the truth of who we are in him. He sees you in Jesus. He doesn't see anything wrong with you. You are beautiful. You are holy. You are righteous. You are amazing in him because he's He's in you already. When God the Father spoke to, about Jesus, this is whom I love and this is whom I'm well pleased, he is now speaking that over us because Jesus is in us. And when he rescued you, when you were saved, when you stepped in and said yes to him, you were restored to Genesis 126. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. That's, the, that's where you were restored to. You weren't restored to just a better version of who you used to be. You were brand new. You were restored to the way he had originally seen you and designed you before you were even conceived. Because this is not a do-it-yourself project. We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working in us. We are doing this together. We're walking it out in relationship. Just like I said before, this is not BCAA Jesus helped me, and he helps you. And then, okay, I got it from here. This is not how it works. He's walking with us and through us in everything. And God has a specific training program for each one of us because we're all different. We've all been made in his image, and he's so big that each one of us represent him. That's how huge he is. Doesn't it blow your mind? It blows my mind that every single one of the 7 billion-plus people on this planet have been made in his image. And everyone shows just that little bit different side of God that we would never see unless we met that person. Second key, mercy is God's loving kindness in action. This is for us. This is personal. This is for us. His grace, I've already said it, but his grace is his empowering presence in us to be the people that he sees when he looks at us. That is who you are. You have the grace to do this. We just need to call on it. We just need to take that step into it. I know you're with me. I know you're here. I don't know what's going on, but I trust that you will walk out this situation with me and we step into it, whatever it is. Because we all have families, right? We all have friends. <laughs> is it easy? No, no, but guess what? This is our training ground. He's training us for ruling and reigning in heaven. But this is the place where we get to work it out as the beloved. Grace partners with truth. So his empowering presence partners with truth, the gift of righteousness, the peace of God that overcomes, and his unending mercy. That's what pours out for us so we can walk out the walk he's called us to. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 
verse 16 says it this way. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Grace is so important it has its own throne. You notice that? Nothing else has a throne. Jesus has a throne. God the Father, grace. That's how important it is. His empowering presence, Holy Spirit, so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help and help us in our time of need. And what is mercy? It's the character of God manifested through us. Love, peace, joy, goodness, kindness. These are the things he pours out into us. This is his mercy that he pours out into us. These are manifestations of his character. This is how he sees us. This is how he talks to us. As we're reading scripture, how does he sound when you read scripture? You hear that? Be holy. I talked about this a couple months ago. Be holy as I am holy. Is that a yelling command or is it an invitation? How are you hearing God the Father speak to you? He says, be holy. I'm holy. Come, step into this with me. Step into it with me. Gentleness, goodness. This is who he is. This life is a training ground for ruling and reigning. God stands in the midst of our weakness. He's there in our struggles. He's there in our anxieties. He's there in our sickness. He's there in our stress. He's there in our fear. He stands exactly where you need him the most. He, he doesn't step away from you when you're having these tough times. He is right there. He's a habitational God. He's with us all the time. Psalm 8510 is, is, is a beautiful piece of scripture because it says, unfailing love and truth have met together. Love and truth have come together. And in some translations, it says, love and truth have married. Relationship and truth have married. Righteousness and peace have kissed. This is like a picture of intimacy that he has with us. This is how close he is. He is that close. He is that close to us. He is right here. He's right here right now. God's with us 24-7 to will and to do through us. To will in us, to do through us, to work with us, to be with us. And he doesn't give us things so we can do things without him. He works in relationship with us. He works with us in everything. He's here all the time. We can ignore him, absolutely, but he's still here. He's almost like Captain Obvious sometimes, right? He's right there behind us. <laughs> we just have to acknowledge that he's there because he isn't situational. He just doesn't show up when we need him the most. He's always here. He's a relationship. He's walking with us. He's talking to us. Are we tuned into him? It's like a radio. You guys hear the FM going on right now? It's coming right through this room. There's also AM coming right through this room. We just need to tune into it, and then we can hear it. FM is the, the enemy's the en enemy's frequency, fear mode. Yeah. yeah? AM is God's frequency, abiding, abiding in him. What are we tuning into? Sometimes we can really be good at being at AM all the time, and then somebody calls us on the phone and says, we need to talk tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, you're listening to fear mode until tomorrow. 
in abiding mode, he's always with us. It doesn't matter what's going on. He is there because he's already overcome. And through him, we are also overcomers. He's always encouraging. He's always listening. He's already, always responding to our spirit because it's who he is. He's amazing. God the Father wants to be in our life, and we are certainly to be in his. In the new co covenant, we are not visited by God. It was a visitation. I've already said that, right? It was a visitation. Now he's here, habitational. He's always present. Even when I'm going to that box of Purdy's chocolates at 10 o'clock at night, and I know it's my fifth one, he's there. <laughs> and what is he saying to me? <sighs> I don't know what he's saying because I'm thinking in my head going, oh, geez, Satan, get behind me. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, we're going to... We're going to work on this. This is part of your walk to becoming Jesus, is being able to say no to Purdy's chocolates. <laughs> Bottom line is the inner critic, and we all have him, is not to navigate us. It's supposed to be the inner Christ walking and talking with us. And he is amazing. In... Philemon chapter 1, verse 5, he says this, Hearing of your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, he's talking about us, that the sharing of your faith may, be, may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. It's really just saying that. Every good thing that comes out of us is because Christ is in us. That's what he's saying. Every good thing in us that comes out of us is Christ. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. And God the Father is saying, that's my son, that's my daughter in whom I am well pleased. It's all about an invitation to relationship. And it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's beautiful. You know, so if, if there's anybody here this morning and you, you haven't invited Christ to become, a, become part of your life, part of your walk, part of who you are, all you have to do is invite him in. All you have to do is invite him in and say, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you to be part of my life. I want, I want this peace that I hear about. I want this joy that I hear about. And it's, you know, it's not an invitation to, you have to go to church every Sunday. <laughs> that is not, this is not, especially for those watching online, this is not about, oh, now you got to go to a four-square church. No, this is not about anything like that. This is about walking with Jesus. This is about inviting him into your life, submitting your life to him, inviting in Holy Spirit. And if you have this fear of, oh, he's going to send me to Africa if I invite him in. And I used to think like that. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. Just don't send me to Africa. No, it's not about that either. Anything that he asks you to do and sends you to do, you already have that in your heart because he already knows who you are. 
And it's never too late and it's never too early. It's always just on time. So as a congregation, I'm just going to ask you to repeat this with me so people don't feel left out or singled out for that matter. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I invite you into my heart. I, I'm sorry for everything I've done that I did without you. And I want to walk with you the rest of my life. Amen. Welcome to the family. Now for the rest of you, I've, I have another crafted prayer that I've written. And this is for you, for all that he's done for us. And this is for all of us this morning and all of you online. This is what we're walking in, and this is who he's called us to be. And in this season of the greatest joy and at times the greatest chaos, know that you are loved because that's who he came to be for us. And that's who we are now in him, the beloved. Be loved. Just receive it. It's always a posture of receiving. So, Father, what a beautiful gift when you pour grace and mercy into my life situations. Thank you that you are always true to who Jesus is in me. You love me as you love him. Thank you for mercy and grace that give me confidence in your kind intentions towards me. Instead of being unbelieving about your goodness and being anxious and negative about myself, I choose to look at you. You are the one who loves me with a full heart. I relax in your grace. I receive your mercy and it restores my heart that you are always kind, loving, gentle, and compassionate towards me. I am determined to become like you and know you are determined to make me in your image. That means I am your beloved in all my areas of change, for you are always with me. I am so thankful that I can stand before you, forgiven, clean, and renewed by your great love. In Jesus' name, Enjoy this season. Enjoy this time with friends and family. Enjoy all the food and all the chocolate and all the baking. But enjoy the friendship and fellowship that you have and spread it. Out.